All right, so I used to, there's this expression that's the devil is a lie. And usually, mm. I, I usually hear it more in like black community where it was like, you don't believe what someone's saying. You'd be like, girl, the devil is a lie. Like, I don't think I'm even saying that wrong. Like, <laughs> oh my God, that sounds so lame. But yeah, I was like, the devil is a lie. But I thought that they were saying the devil is alive. And I was always like, damn, like that's real harsh. Like, why would you say that? I just like said something very like lighthearted and you're like the devil is alive i'm like yeah. and then rick ross came out with a song called the devil is a lie and i was like oh thank you pastor rick ross i mean shocker but i've never heard that phrase yeah that's not surprising. i just keep thinking the devil is a liar which that, i heard all the time that probably is what it was and we just like shortened it i don't know that makes sense it sounds cooler i, I mean know. we definitely talked about satan being a liar but it was like if if we were kids, let and me we, guess a fear tactic. Yep, if we if we like fibbed about something, my dad would be like, "Who does the Bible say is the king of lies?" And we'd be like, "Satan." Oh, He'd be like, "Yep." So you just did what Satan does. And we're like, "Oh, I'm sorry." I don't even think I said Satan as a kid. I think it was just the devil. Satan sounds so much scarier to me. It is scary. I I also like even feel weird saying it. <laughs> I don't know. You have to like do like a cross around your body. <laughs> <laughs> So, guys, according to a Gallup uh, survey, 50% of Americans are church members right now. But uh, actually, I think that's t- 2019. But Before that's, COVID, yeah. Right. But that's down from 70% in 1999. Yeah, so, wow. So, big jump, uh, or I guess, fall down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, according to a 2019 survey, 29% of Americans never attend church or synagogue compared to 23% of Americans who attend every week and 22% who go at least once a month. And then the rest are just probably like Easter and Christmas Yeah, like only. traditional days. Or like Hanukkah. Yeah, yeah. Passover. Passover. Jeez. <laughs> Classic mistake. All right. <laughs> Today is part two of two for faith and Christianity. Yeah, let's go. This is Loud. And Louder. With with Holly and Misha. Okay, outside of childhood, did you, when you left for college, did you go to church? Yeah, definitely. Um, I started going to a different church and like my faith slowly started transforming into my own. Uh But... I also went to a Christian college, so it was easy. Like, there was chapel every week, and there were worship nights every week. And you got credit for going to them. Oh. So that also helped me stay motivated. Right. (laughs) And then, like, I was an RA starting my sophomore year, my sophomore and junior year. And then there was a life leader on each floor, and the life leader held weekly Bible studies. And, like, the life leader and RA would often live together or, like, be connected like they would plan things together so it was just so much a part of my college experience gotcha um that yeah my faith like continued really strong interesting okay so what about you um no i i mean i my one of my close friends went to church during college and so i think i went with her a couple times actually a couple of my close friends i went a couple times but no, once I was able to make my own choices, it, when I was away for school, no. If I was at home, though, yeah, I still had to go to church. Yeah. So, you know, during summer, or if I was coming home for the weekend, I was still at church every Sunday. But mm-hmm. yeah, I wasn't really there during during college, yeah. Did you feel guilty at all? Or you were like, finally, freedom? 
Probably more of the latter. <laughs> I mean, no, I didn't feel guilty. I mean, I definitely think there were times where I'm like, oh, I should probably go to church. But it wasn't enough for me to be like, go to church. Um, well, you also struggle with waking up early. Yeah, that too. Although they had, it was college, so they did have like night oh. services too. <laughs> <laughs> so that's not really an option for... Uh, like yeah, an excuse? An excuse, no. <laughs> but I don't know. I feel like as I got older, just... And I said this before, like the whole religion versus spirituality became more of an important thing for me because I just feel like there's so much about religion that can be detrimental in a way to society mm-hmm. where it's, so, it, you know, it, 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 it I mean, creates, it's literally caused wars. Yeah, it creates <laughs> segregation and pe- prejudice against others that are not like you. It's, yeah. it's very, it's very... It's not under. It's not an understanding situation, you yeah. know. It's not. So I've always, I've always believed that there is a God, one hundred percent. I don't think that just came out of nowhere. Um, I go back and forth on who exactly Jesus was. I believe he was mm-hmm. God's son because we all are God's children, um, and I believe that he was someone that was an important person within the religion. I just don't. There's just parts of it where I'm like did that really happen mm-hmm. or I don't know. Like it's weird, but I think I just now nowadays. And I think I have noticed that while being in church, like there's parts of church that I love. I walk out, I feel much better, but there are parts where like the pastor says something. And I'm like, that just doesn't sit well with me. Same, you know, yeah. it's a weird, it's like a, it's a weird thing, but it can also, yeah. it, it can also bring like solace to you and comfort, you know, and yeah. I've noticed, you know, I've noticed if there's any situations where I'm feeling down, like a prayer helps, you know, so mm-hmm. I, I believe that there's something to it. I just think that religion ha- can turn so ugly and I hate yeah. that, you know? I agree. I agree. That's something that like, I, I started to realize probably around the end of college, but yeah. I mean, it is tricky because, like you said, there are good parts and bad parts. Yeah. And there are even studies that have shown that prayer can have similar benefits to meditation. Like, yeah. it can relieve anxiety and stress. Yeah. Like, it's a time where you quiet your mind and, like, focus on something. And that can be amazing. And well, it's also, too, when it comes to religion, right? It's like, we both grew up as Christians. Right. And in my church, I'm going to heaven. But in your church, I'm going to hell. So, like, who's right? <laughs> And they're both Christian churches. And they're both Christian churches. So then imagine all the other religions. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and that, for sure. That was the first thing that really started to make me think that when I was getting older. It was like, I have all these Jewish friends. I have friends that are not going to church. Like, yeah. So they're all going to hell because they weren't right. raised in a house that took them to church. Because well, really that's, usually that's how you get into religion from your parents, you know? like For sure. That's I, how you evolve into whoever you're going to be in your spiritual and religious life. I think the same thing, like... With my personality, if I was raised to be a Muslim, I'd probably be a devout Muslim. Exactly. You know, so that also didn't sit well and, like, started creating anxiety in me. And I I think there were a lot of things. And I think towards the end of college and right after college, (laughs) I was going to say the fallout, um, I started having, like, a faith crisis. And my faith started unraveling. And... Even now, I would say, like, I'm kind of in it. Like, it's been years long. I still believe in God. I still believe that, like, the teachings of Jesus make me a better person. Totally. I agree with that, too. Even if I'm wrong, to to learn to, like, 
love Love other people as yourself and like serve the poor and like turn the other cheek forgive people like even non-religious people can say like yeah that's a good way to live your life exactly and that's when you think about all religions they all kind of have the similar morals and values it's all the same yeah it's when you get down to different character it's when you get down to the details where people argue and fight and become intense and like not loving and compassionate yeah yeah i do want to raise my kids in the church because i think it's a strong community that's how that's how Whit and i feel because we right now we don't go to church as much as we should but i do want church to be a part of my kids life not not for as much religious but yeah as like a structured moral foundation i think that's a really good and again i I still do believe in god and i do believe like jesus is the son of god I, i just I have my doubts and like all the details stress the hell out of me. Oops, said <laughs> hell. Oops. Um, and then also like another thing that really made me question what I believed was, I mean, I've been in theater my whole life. I have a lot of gay friends yeah. and my faith taught me that like they're going to hell for sure. Right. Like that's not right. But the more I talk to them, especially gay Christians, like, they didn't choose to be gay. Right. Some of them were sent to camps or counseling to, to not get, be gay, right. and they were still gay. Like, well, they and would... the other thing too is like, there's church that, I mean, I live in Oak Park. Most of the churches have a gay pride flag on their church. Like most of them, and they have a Black Lives Matter. Like, so that's what that's what the whole religion thing is like. Okay, so these churches say, you know what, y'all good, y'all come on in, Jesus we welcomes everyone, you, yeah. right? But then there's other churches like. Jesus would not accept you. You're going to hell. Yeah. Yeah. And that really, really stressed me out because I started to think like, if my gay friend just straight up asked me, would like, wouldn't I feel like a horrible person being like, yeah, I think you would go to hell. And then (laughs) I think so far ahead. I was like, what if I got famous and I was on a talk show and they brought this up and like, I started panicking and I was like, what do I believe? Like, this just doesn't... Again, like you said, this doesn't sit right. Right. And, like, why does it matter? Right. If you're not hurting other people or yourself, why does it matter? Exactly. Exactly. And then another huge thing for me, especially now, is politics. I was literally raised where you can't be a true Christian and follower of Jesus and be a Democrat. Which is crazy. Blows my mind because these days (laughs) I'm like... That's so crazy. Like... This is sad to say, and maybe I'll offend some of my Christian family and friends listening, but, like, I see more compassion in a lot of my non-religious Democrat friends than in my religious Christian friends. And that is so backwards. Like, Jesus is all about compassion, loving people more than yourself, loving people despite what you might consider sin. Mm -hmm. And, like, also there's a huge emphasis on the poor. But, like, Republicans are all about, like, Grab yourself up by your bootstraps. Yeah. Like, America sets you up for success. No, like, there's no argument. Right. D- don't even want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And I just, it makes me sad. And, like, I I just, I heard so much judgment of others in my households. And then finally got to a point where I was like, I'm not a nice person. Like, yeah. right before I went to high school, I was like, I'm a really judgmental bitch and (laughs) I don't want to be that person I don't think that's who Jesus wants me to be and I started to transform my thinking where like if I thought if I thought something mean or if I thought something judgmental I would literally like ask Jesus to forgive me what would Jesus do did you wear one of those I think at some point but like I lost drill reel but that was ingrained in my heart and so like it wasn't what would Jesus do in the sense of like a judgmental way which is how I was raised I started to try and transform that into like 
God loves us all equally. So what does God see in you that I'm not seeing? Right. You know, and that's cute. And I like that actually. I, it had to be so intentional because honestly, like if I were the same person today, I would not have friends and my circle would be exactly the same. As like you. all my friends would be exactly the same. Mm-hmm. And I think there's something really dangerous about that. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy because, like, I mean, I just had a conversation with my dad where he was furious to find out that I considered myself more moderate Democrat. Yeah. But I told him, I was like, I don't see the compassion and love in a lot of Republicans I know. I didn't say this, but, like, including in you. Right. That I see in Democrats. And I, I will say, like, there are plenty of mean, like, horrible Democrats. Oh, yeah. It's not a, like, all-or-nothing thing. And there are it's plenty of... It's just that you there, can be a Democrat and be a devout Christian. Yeah, and there are wonderful Republicans, too. It's just... I was raised that it's so black and white, it's so right and wrong, and, like, it's so bad to start thinking in the gray area, like, that's dangerous. Oh, but in my mind, it's so much more dangerous to be on one extreme, because totally. then you, like, literally have no room for growth or change. You have no change. empathy for anybody. That's a huge issue for me, yeah. is empathy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so there were a lot of factors. <sighs> We got a stat drop right now <laughs> to drop into this crazy conversation that's really actually interesting. I like it so far. So um, there was a question, same survey, where it was asking people who are believing God and who are absolutely certain, so similar to the question we had before, they asked them if homosexuality should be accepted. So again, for people who believe in God and are absolutely certain that he exists, 50% say that homosexuality should be accepted. Which is way higher than I would imagine. Me too. 41% say should be discouraged. Mm-hmm. 5% say neither, both equally, and 4% say don't know. I mean, I think that the 50% say homosexuality should be accepted is definitely based on the times that we're in. Because, like I said, like right. when I was growing up, all these churches in Oak Park didn't have those signs up. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. just, it has definitely been a gradual um, acceptance for gays. I True. mean, even, even 10, 15 years ago, there was a situation with my my former pastor where there was a situation where he was not okay with our music director who finally came out as like a 40-year-old person to be gay. And there was this whole hoopla on that where like that wouldn't happen. Was he fired? Show. Yeah. I don't know if he was fired or he left, but he definitely was not there anymore. Dang. Um, and then we have a stat where it's, if they do not believe in God, what they said about homosexuality... 91% said that it should be accepted and 6% say that it should be discouraged. Fascinating. Yeah. Like that says how much religion. faith and religion influences yeah. like our laws yeah. and, and people's lives. Yeah. <sighs> it's, it's hard because people who like really believe something is right or wrong and they're so sure they're like, of course everyone should believe what I believe. Right. But it, you have to take a step back and be like, for people who don't believe that, what you're saying is so hurtful and crazy. Well, and it's like, you have to realize, you know, I mean, look at the difference in how we both were raised. Like, I was raised in a very, very diverse community with all types of, um, you know, from low to middle to high class when it comes to your class. And just different types of religions. and So I was around all different types of people. Mm -hmm. Where you were around a good majority of people that were similar to you. Yeah, mostly white middle class. Right. So when you're surrounded by that and all you see of something else is like on the news or on TV shows where it's just a depiction. Then, I mean, you can't really blame. You know, there's no blame that needs to be 
placed on anybody. It really is about if either side can be more open and not be judgmental, but be able to help people understand. The problem is that there's a lot of people that don't want to try to understand because they believe that their word is it and that's it. And, And for those that are like that, you know, there's still hope, but it's tough. I do think the... The best chance for change is meeting people and f- and like falling in love with people, whether it's romantically or just in a deep friendship, who are so different from you and have had different life experiences. Like that's yeah. the best way to have compassion for people who are different than you. Yeah. Like to actually have relationships with them. Totally. And again, like there are people in my family who like don't have black friends right. or like don't have friends in different economic classes or of different religions. Yeah. And that's where you get stuck in a cycle of, like, judgment. And what I also find interesting, too, is that, again, trying to be understanding. If you are only raised and only around white people, then, okay, it's going to be more difficult for you to find black friends. Yeah. But for me, what always blows my mind is for people that live in communities in cities like Chicago... And then I go to their wedding, I'm the only black person. I'm like, how? 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 I've literally... How? How am I a token in a 200-person wedding mm-hmm. with has two families, which means you don't have any black friends or any co- people of color friends, your husband or wife doesn't, mm-hmm. their parents don't, your parents don't. Like, right. That's... Whoa. Literally, I've gotten to the point where, especially being in Chicago, like you said, that's so diverse. Yeah. If I'm in a group of like 10 or more people and we're all white, I feel uncomfortable. Yeah. I'm like, hmm, this is not a representation <laughs> of what I want of, to be around. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's interesting that like diversity has become so normal to me yeah. that like not being in a diverse group makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. But I'm so glad. Like, yeah. I'm so glad that I've had these beautiful relationships with people different from me who have, you know, shed some light on my really intense judgmental past beliefs. Yeah. Um, so moving on from politics, a couple more red flags for me in my faith. Yeah. One thing that was like, I just got to a point where I was thinking about the Holocaust and I was like, literally the Bible talks about how the Jewish people are God's chosen people. Like they are a close spot to God's heart. Like if he had favorites, it would be the Jewish people. And then I was like, okay, so a ton of people died during the Holocaust. Ton. Virtually none of them, or very few of them believed in Jesus Christ as their savior. Right. So you're telling me that they went through hell on earth for believing God and like for their specific culture. Some of them, like, tortured and living this horrible life for years. Yeah. And then they finally die, and instead of getting, like, relief and going to heaven to be with their God, they are sent to hell. Right. For eternal torture. Right. That that was a huge thing for me, where I was like, that doesn't sit well either. Like, you're telling me all the Jews, or, like, most of the Jews in the Holocaust are in hell right now. Well, and my, mine was not as an extreme idea of that, but... <laughs> well, you know me. I always take it <laughs> ten steps too far. But, like like I said, I grew up with a lot of Jewish kids in, in my in my school. Yeah, it was more personal. Close, yeah, so I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, I know their families. I know who they are as people. Like... They don't deserve torture forever. It's, and it's not even, like, a... I don't know. For me, it's like... You don't choose 
who has you as a child, as a baby, to raise you in a home of what you were going to be. So if you're an eight-year-old who's a Jewish kid and dies, sorry, that's really deep, but dies, you're just going to go to hell because your parents weren't Christian and therefore you were only morphed by the person that, like, that doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and that that really started to scare me. Yeah, Um, I get that. And honestly, like, the Bible itself started making me really anxious because really? there are there are passages where God is literally commanding someone to go kill their enemy and to wipe out every person in that culture, including babies and children. Oh, okay. And, like, that was a commandment of God. And then... Also, like, you know, all all this stuff about, like, slaves obey your masters. Right. You know, there was just a lot of stuff that would cause... Gender roles. Doubt, yeah. Confusion, fear, and just overall anxiety. Yeah. Where I was like... But again, how I was raised was like... There was an answer for everything that was very unsettling. Like, no matter what... You you trust that like God knows what He's doing, He's smarter than you. Yeah. Don't second guess it. And I'm like, but genocide. Yeah. That's that's what I'm saying. There's. And like you're telling me that that was for sure from God and not just people in the Bible, writing off. Well, because like excuse God didn't write the Bible. So, but right? like his dis- I mean his. But a lot of people. So how I was raised is like he channeled. The, he was channeled. The people who wrote the Bible were literally pens. Like God did write the Bible directly through them. Every word that they wrote was directly from God. But there are inconsistencies for sure. Right. And you're telling me that like everything written thousands of years ago. By human beings, and then every translation, is 100% and then there's another correct. new, tra- you know. Then there's the right. James, what's the King James, King version. James version. Then there's the. Well, that was just this random pretentious man going, make the Bible how I talk, right? But <laughs> and but, then it stuck, and now some people believe that's still the true translation, which is y- unique. <sighs> um, yeah, I mean, we could go on for hours and hours, but like, it, it's amazing to me that people could be my age and older. And not have any doubts or questions. Yeah. I'm like, how? I know. How? I think it... I think, and I don't mean this in a mean way, because ignorance is not, like... I mean, it is a choice. But, like I said, if you are not around others that think differently than you, and you're just around people that only think like how you think, there's not much making you question otherwise. Right. Who's going to challenge it? Right. And not to say that people don't question it. Like, there are people who are like, wait a second. Mm-hmm. But if you're and, you're and you're comfortable in your religion and you feel protected because of your religion and yeah. you feel like you have a family within your religion, your church, yeah. you're going to stick around with that. You're not going right. to, you're not going to falter from that because that's what you've always been around. Mm-hmm. All right. So where are we now with our own faith and how are we feeling about it? You can start. What do you think? Um, (laughs) okay, my dark answer is (laughs) there's this part of me, there's this weight that I always carry Mm -hmm. that is a combination of fear, Mm -hmm. anxiety, and loneliness with my faith struggle. 
Because you don't really know people in the same boat as you? Well, thankfully, the church that I go to now is the first time I've heard people openly doubt and question and say that's okay. Okay. Um, Soul City Church. I became a part of a millennial small group, and I felt like such relief that I wasn't the only one. But there are still definitely plenty of days where I struggle with details or I just, yeah, I just don't have anyone super close to me going through what I'm going through. Right. Um, what about your siblings? No, their their faith is significantly stronger, I would say. Really? Um, except for one who is more like you, and she leans towards being more like spiritual and positive. Okay. And I don't think she identifies with a specific religion. But you know what's interesting? So I remember, because she joined us for kickball, mm-hmm. right? And I remember you saying something about like, there's going to be six people on each team or like six or seven or oh, something like six, that. Yeah. And she was like, did you not want to pick six? Cause that's the, that's the number of Satan. And I was like, what? <laughs> She's like, yeah, I always thought six was good and seven was bad. I was like, that's my birthday. No six or, is bad. Seven six, is yeah, good. Yeah. And I was like, that's my birthday. <laughs> like, it makes sense. It's like two parts of me, the good <laughs> and the bad. <laughs> well, I think it's just one of those things where like all that is still ingrained in her, yeah. but she like doesn't, associate with it anymore right and then uh, one of my brothers like doesn't go to church and like doesn't technically affiliate as a christian even though he technically believes he believes in it all right it's complicated okay um but no the other siblings definitely just have like strong faith and i don't think question as much okay um so yeah sometimes there's just this deep heaviness and loneliness and it makes me really emotional and overwhelmed sometimes okay um, but in general, like, I just try to cling to the parts of my faith that I think made me a better person. Yeah. And, um, and try to focus on, like, simplifying and not letting my mind go in a billion directions. Yeah. Um, but there are times in my life where I've been like, I really think that was God. Yeah. Like. Oh, definitely. This, this sounds cheesy and plenty of people who don't believe in God will be like, that's just coincidence. But like. I loved Aaron from the day I met him and I was 15 years old and you might say that's crazy but like I have passionately loved him for like literally more than a decade right and I remember just being so frustrated because I was in the friend zone he didn't know I was in love with him but I didn't say anything because he had been dating people and I wasn't going to be a homewrecker even as a teenager (laughs) and I remember just like crying dramatically in the shower multiple times and just being like God, I can't handle this. Like, I can't just be his friend. Like, I can't be so close to someone I love so much. Mm-hmm. And I was like, give me the patience if we're meant to be together. Or just, like, take away these romantic feelings. And I figured, like, God's just going to take away the romantic feelings because what are the odds that this man is going to be my husband? We're 14 and 15 years old. Right. And, like, even as a teenager, I was, like, realistic about that. Right. And then I just, like, stopped feeling emotional about it. I stopped feeling anxious about it. I felt very at peace. And then Aaron was like, I think I'm in love with you and the rest is history. That's really interesting because, like, I haven't thought about that until now. But that's kind of how Witt and I were, too. Where, like, I met him and I was like, yep, he's it. All right. (laughs) And I told myself to be patient because we both had been in relationships that were not the greatest at the time and so we both were going through like you know rediscovering ourselves like being sure that we're good before we're in a relationship now I was ready (laughs) he was not as much and 
but there were just things about us, like from where how we met to like just random little things that would happen. Where I'm like, this is fate. Like, the, like it was almost just such a connection. It was almost such a detrimental part because I was like, if I didn't think it was fate, maybe I wouldn't be so crazy about him, you know. But like, there was something where I was like, this is meant to be. Like I this is to that. this is something that is supposed to happen. Yeah. I mean, I've always, I think right now where I'm at is I definitely. Um, like I said, I believe that there is a God. I, be- I feel like I'm more spiritual than picking a actual religion. I think it does kind of scare me to say I'm not Christian just because I was raised that. Mm-hmm. So if someone asks me if I'm a Christian, I say yes. Um, but I think that I do more than that. Like I like you know I'm all about positivity, about manifestation, about speaking into existence, about affirmations, mm-hmm. and I think that like. I guess part of that is God's will. You know, I guess that like it's me putting faith in the universe and not just thinking that everything is going to happen because of me, that there's mm. like a higher power that's making things like happen within purpose. my life. Exactly. Sure. So I think that's where I am technically at with my faith. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we said before, like how I felt about being raised in church. Like I'm glad that I was, I, 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 as of right now, I do want that for my future kids mm-hmm. to have a a, a a spiritual home, to have other kids that are around them that are growing up with the same morals and values. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's really important. And so I, I, I would continue that w- once my kids are around. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that the questions of things just makes me skeptical of... The specifics. True religion versus being a spiritual person. That's fair. Yeah. I think also, like, nature is a is a time, like, when I'm just in a beautiful... Oh, yeah. Like, in a beautiful place that's away from the city, it just makes me think there's got to be something more. Yeah. Like, this is... There's just this sense of, like, wow, existence is huge. Yeah. I mean, that's interesting you say that too because I just went through... For, so my, my school that I'm at is a Christian-based school and we just had this session with these sisters that are affiliated with our school. Nuns. Nuns, yeah. And all of them, when they asked, like when we asked them about like their faith and religion, all of them said something about nature, whether like they hmm. love to go out because where they are is at this like beautiful spot in Wisconsin which is like beautiful woods and forests are surrounded by and they all said at one point like you know just taking a walk outside and looking at god's creation Mm -hmm. and nature is a thing where it's like this can't just be a mistake you know (laughs) i think it just gives you a sense of like smallness but not necessarily in a bad way yeah it's it's more in a like yeah you have a sense of grandeur yeah grandeur grandeur man I Fancy word. I don't know. And then I would say, like, the last thing that jumps to my mind where I'm like, yeah, God is real, is um, one of my sisters was going through a really shocking, terrible divorce around the exact same time that we got engaged. Uh And it was so heartbreaking because they were the couple that I looked up to the most. Uh Um, You know, coming from a family of divorce, like, messy, painful divorce. Yeah. I was always afraid of marriage and, like, really paranoid about divorce and the one couple that oh, like I, yeah the one couple that Ooh. I believed in who I I would have bet a million dollars they would be together forever was falling apart yeah 
and it was really scary. And and then of course I got inside my head and I was like, is this a sign from God? Like, am I not supposed to get married to Aaron? Right. And literally, there was one time where I I was really anxious about it. It was heavy on my mind. I was like, I'm gonna go for a run and just think about it and like talk to God in my head and see mm. what happens. Mm-hmm. And I went for a run and I was like, God am I supposed to break this off? Like, should I not be getting married? And I kid you not, at that very moment, my stepmom called. Uh-huh. And we don't talk on the phone oh, very often. Uh-huh. And she was like, hi, Holly. I was like, hey, is everything okay? Because since when she calls, it's just because, like, my dad, like, almost had a heart attack or, right. like, something really bad. I was right. like, is everything okay? Crack, right. And she was like, yeah, um, I'm just driving, and God told me to call you and tell you not to worry about this divorce they are different people than you. It's not your story. And you should get married. You should be happy. And you wow. shouldn't feel bad to get married. And I was like, thank you. I really needed this. And like, it was the exact timing That's where I literally asked God, like, do you want me to break this off? You know, that reminds me when the day that my dad passed, we were all over at my, my mom's house and I had friends over and we were all there kind of just like in a daze and Alexa was playing music. And actually, no, Alexa was not playing music. And then all of a sudden, Alexa started playing music. And and my, no one commanded her to? No, no. And Jasmine was like, wait, guys, do you hear that? And it was Michael Jackson's You Are Not Alone. Oh, my god! And I was like, whoa, that's weird, right? So that song comes on. And mm. then I, like, go sit down. And I'm like, wow, that's crazy. And then my the next song is my favorite Michael Jackson song. They're like... A lot of people don't, like, I didn't know it until after he passed called Baby Be Mine. And it was just like, that's, out of all songs to play, it's my ultimate favorite song. Like, that's weird. And then the next song, while my dog, Billie Jean, is laying right in front of me, who was my dad's <laughs> best friend, Billie Jean comes on. And I was like, okay, God, all right, calm down. Like, this is all, I get it, I get it, all right, I hear you. But it was just like, <laughs> that can't be going, like, how, like, that was just a very, like, whoa Mm, yeah that was kind of creepy but kind of like all right daddy like daddy did that like or god did that i don't know it was just a it's so weird when stuff happens like that where you're like wow yeah that's not a coincidence yeah um okay so i think we kind of touched on this but what do we like about being raised in the church um and like what what do we think are positive things that we take away from our current faith Okay. What do you, you go first? Um, it, it's tough because I get a lot of anxiety for and fear from my faith background. Yeah. But I'd like to think that that's not God. That's just what people do with religion yeah. and what people press on each other. Impress. Man, <laughs> English is hard. <laughs> I feel like I struggle in you, every episode. You, God wants you to speak in tongues right now. Oh, no. <laughs> um... Yeah, I I like being held accountable for things. I like the idea of loving people as much as you love yourself and like thinking outside of yourself. Yeah. I really love something that has stuck with me is like I don't give a crap about being rich. I don't don't care about money or luxury. Like I think that probably comes from my faith and my upbringing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, a lot of moral things that I really love. I just don't want my kids to be as afraid and um, and so hard on themselves as yeah. I was. Yeah, I can see that. I will definitely adjust things. I also want my kids to be raised in a more liberal church that is about, like, 
social justice. Yeah. Like the church I'm in now, it's just like, yeah, we support black people and we think black lives matter. That shouldn't be a political yeah, like or religious how is thing. Is that even a question? Right. Or like <laughs> we do not support children being in cages right. and like going to bed super cold and dying right. under the United States government. Yeah, no. Again, shouldn't be not political or up for debate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I love being in a church that will stand up for those things. And yeah. it's not in a hateful or political way. It's just in a like compassion way. I like and that. like the church I ra- I will raise my kids in will be so different than the church I was raised in. Yeah. Even though they claim to serve the same God. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I I agree with you where I just feel like there are certain values and morals that you can take from church that just makes you a kind of a wholesome person and understanding and kind person. Um, it should anyway. It should. It, it should. Unfortunately, that's not always the case. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I think I'm on the same page with you. I feel like for me, um, also structure of having church and having mm. something that every Sunday is a time that you yeah. go to praise the Lord, you know, and like having that as like just a refresh to start your week right. Also dedicated family time. Yep. I think that's all great. Um, yeah, I, I think that. I definitely will want to continue that. And yeah, I'm kind of in a part right now where I'm not doing that, but (laughs) (laughs) I do, I do find the value and importance of it. I do. I do. What do you think in terms of there being an afterlife? Like, what do you think happens when we die? I don't know. I mean, I think there's parts where... I mean, no one technically knows. Yeah. I mean, I think there's parts where I do believe there's heaven and hell. And then there's sometimes where I'm just like, what if nothing happened? Like, what if, like... What if all of this is some crap and we just die? And, and right. Then it's a next person. Like, is it selfish to for us to think that, like, our lives does not end we once it ends? We exist forever. Right. Right. Like, I don't know. I'm not... That, that's a tricky question for me. And I feel like I said earlier, like, I don't try to think too much about it because I will never know the real truth. And I feel like right. there's a big thing about faith where in church you ask these questions and... They're like, well, that's what faith is. Faith is 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 believing in something that you truly don't have the answers to, yeah. But you believe in it, and that's that's a tricky one, though. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm afraid there's a hell. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm afraid of like who goes to hell. Yeah, but I think also when I get anxious, I try to reroute my thoughts to like daydreaming about what I want heaven to be like. Well, so this is a question. If it's your heaven, right, and your favorite person in your life passed, but they go to hell, how is it your heaven that you're not then able to see your favorite person? So I always thought... Like, is it heaven where everything is amazing? This is kind of getting into, like, Black Mirror shit, but I kind of always thought if that's the case, when you get to heaven, it's like your memory of them is wiped. Damn. Because that would make you really sad and it would be happier for you to have never remembered them than to think I never get to see them again and they're being tortured another thing I used to say because I remember when we were like going through like age changes where people would be like well forget this I want to go to hell it sounds like more fun there's like where the sin things can happen right and I used to always be like well if it's your heaven and if you like to drink then can't you drink (laughs) in heaven 
Well, and let's remember, as we mentioned in the alcohol episode, Jesus' first miracle was turning water totally, to wine. Totally, totally. I now, feel like there, there might be alcohol in heaven. questions or parts in the Bible. But, like, in those <laughs> days, did people even know that marijuana was, like, a plant that could have those effects? They were probably just getting high and didn't even know it. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Historians, theologians, hit us up. Yeah, let us know. But, I mean, I like to daydreaming about, like, you don't, you don't ever feel, like, necessarily super hungry or super full food is just enjoyment like there's no calories and like that there's just like parties and dancing and like i don't i've never imagined no grinding i don't know (laughs) i've wondered the same thing like is there sexual activity right like is heaven your own imagination of what is a amazing life going forward or is heaven like are there rules in heaven i mean there are if there are rules in heaven and you don't like rules like is that your heaven like what there are verses in the bible that talk about like god if i'm married to multiple people like if i'm married to someone and he dies and i'm married to someone else who's my husband in heaven and then you get up there and you're like well this is awkward and i think the bible if i remember i think it says the person you married first is your husband when they get up there, and the second husband will respect that. So they're well, like, what if you like right. the second husband more than the first husband? <laughs> but again, why is there a husband in general? Like, why are there these titles if not to have sex? I don't know. There's so, gotta be sex. In I heaven. think a lot of people imagine <laughs> heaven is like floating on a cloud board out of your mind. Yeah, but like, like I don't harp. think that's the case. I think it's a party. I think there's like that's what I've always said. Overwhelming too. joy and like yeah. laughter and feasts and. Yeah. Things like that. Um, and I'd like to just, I hope there's not a hell, or I hope it's reserved <laughs> for the most evil of the evil. But yeah, when I get overwhelmed, I just try not to think about that. So have you been going to church during COVID? Well, the good news is my church is not stupid, so they're closed during the pandemic. But yeah. they have online services. I don't watch as regularly, but I, well, I probably watch like every other week. Now that I'm in small group and we talk about this specific service, I'm starting to be more consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's weird because I'm not good at just like sitting down and watching it. Yeah. So a lot of times I'll like pop up my laptop and like watch or listen while showering. But then I'm like, oh, my pastors are in the shower with me. This is weird. Oh, I so I've only done it a couple times, but <laughs> so one time I was like, the first time I did, I like rolled out of, of course I like rolled out of bed, turned on the the computer and had it next to me, and I'm laying there in like my nightgown with like no underwear, and I'm like. This is weird. Like, I'm, like, my pastor's speaking to me and I have no panties on. Like, that's weird. <laughs> and then after that, I was like, I have to go to the bathroom. So then I was sitting on the toilet with the, with the screen. I'm like, this feels strange. I don't think that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, should I just be sitting somewhere solace like I would be in church? I guess you don't have to. I mean, I think that's where you start to think, why do I have these specific routines, yeah. like structures affiliated with church? Yeah. But I really miss going to church. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a fan of watching it by myself Yeah. I while I'm distracted by, like, folding laundry or taking a shower. I like the community. I like um, the live music. I just, I, I feel better going to a specific place that I affiliate with, like, learning about God and being in his presence. Yeah. I guess so. That. I'm really excited for that to happen, but I also really appreciate that they're being cautious because no one wants to go to church in 
go home with COVID. Yeah, like our our church probably a month ago started doing outside service. Mm. So everything's spaced out. You have to like reserve your seat before the Sunday so that there's not too many people there. Mm -hmm. So I believe my mom's gone a couple times and she's and she's been very strict about COVID. So for the fact for her to go like, all right, they must be doing a good job of keeping it safe and consistent. But again, like, that's only for a limited time, so yeah. it's going to be so cold. Exactly. And there's definitely been times where my mom was like, uh, you need to back up, Susan. Like, I, I can't get this close to you while you're talking. <laughs> like, no hugs. No hugs. <laughs> I love you, though. I missed you, too. <laughs> all right. So as we're wrapping up, part two of two for Christianity and spirituality. For anyone who might relate to me in the sense that they feel fear or guilt, anxiety, you know, just a lot of uncertainty, here's some things that I do that help with that. (laughs) In the end, just try to simplify your thoughts. Focus on the positives that you get out of your faith. If your faith is important to you and you don't want to lose it, but you're having conflicting feelings, just simplify it. So I always think, Like I said earlier, I think what Jesus teaches about caring for the poor, loving people more than yourself, I think that's a great thing for me in my life, and I try to focus on that. Also find joy in small things outside of religion, whether that's going outside and actively pointing out all the things that you think are beautiful, amazing, funny. Like, I love getting joy from weird-looking dogs that pass by. (laughs) You know, just really... like God made you just the way you are. Well, actually, people have bred dogs to be the freaks that they are, but but they came from wolves. See, guys, this this topic could just go on for, like, five parts. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, just, like, find joy in things. Keep a gratefulness journal. Um... There's a lot of studies that say, like, being grateful for things reduces anxiety and promotes joy. I mean, I feel like that's kind of what I do with the positivity thing. Yeah. You know, like, just continuing to, if you need to, retrain your thoughts so that they don't turn into this downward spiral exactly. of fear. Exactly. Yeah. And then the last piece of advice I would say is be open and honest with people in your life that you love and trust. Mm-hmm. Again, I the more I close myself off because I'm afraid of what people will think or say, the more lonely I feel. Yeah. So open up to like other Christians in your life who you trust or even non-Christians. Definitely open up to your therapist and just don't hold in those fears. Yeah. It's okay to have doubts and it helps a lot of the time to talk about them. Agreed. But yeah, thanks well, for diving deep with us. I think thank you for diving. I know this was... Uh... An anxiety-ridden conversation that you were nervous about, but I think yeah. I, I appreciate everything that you said with this. I think this was great. Well, and you make it fun and <laughs> keep it light when I start to go too heavy. Honestly, it, it, this kind of our podcast always feels kind of like a therapy session. Yeah. Like it, it actually was more enjoyable than I expected. Yeah, I was more anxious anticipating this than actually doing it. Yeah, I feel the same way about I'm like. Oh, God, recording. And then while recording, I'm like, oh, I like this. Okay, cool, cool, Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks again for listening. Make sure you subscribe to us on all platforms, TikTok, social, I mean, Instagram, Facebook. (laughs) We're all at Loud and Louder Podcast. Also, make sure that if you want to send us a voice message, it's on our link on our Instagram page. Thanks again for listening. God bless you all. Yeah. This is Loud and Louder with with Holly and Misha. Misha. (laughs) Hallelujah, we made it. (laughs)